Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Gag Nation podcast, a podcast about my life's adventure in music, sports, enterprise, and leisure. More facts, more stories, more nostalgia. Hopefully you enjoyed our last two episodes, one on the best live albums ever and the other one on controlled substances, where we discuss the influence of drugs on rock and roll. Well, today we have another great rock and roll focused episode, and we're going to talk about the 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees and who we think should be inducted, who will and won't be, and who should be but won't. Always lots of controversy around this, and we're going to get into it right here on the Gag Nation. So we actually recorded this episode on May 11th, and now we're releasing it a few days after. It's actually after the inductees were announced, um, but we actually recorded the episode before they were announced. So some things we might have got right, some things we might not have gotten right. So check it out, see what you think, and uh, yeah, I think that you'll enjoy it. So anyways, we got some housekeeping to do here. Remember to go to your podcast platform of choice, search for Gag Nation and subscribe so you can receive updates on all the episodes that are released. Also, there's a Gag Nation Facebook page. Join that as well. I post episodes, relevant photos, items, playlists, things like that. And I also post a playlist next on the, on the um, podcast page as well. And we have a great playlist with this episode. So anyways, we're going to talk to Scotty and get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees 2021. Okay, we're going to talk a little Rock and Roll Hall of Fame located in Cleveland, Ohio. And who better to give us insight than Mr. Rock and Roll himself, Scotty. How are you, my man? I'm doing great, Bill. Let's have some fun with the Hall of Fame. Let's dive in. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What's the mission? Who runs the thing? Tell us, Scotty. Well, you know, the Hall's really meant to recognize great contributions to rock and roll music and its history. But really, it's, it seems to be all music, except for maybe pure country and classical. So, you know, it's really broad and more than rock and roll, in my opinion. And I think that causes a lot of issues with a lot of people out there. Issues or confusion? Probably, probably both, right? All right. Some people think it should be more pure rock and roll. And you, you, you should have kind of more of the guitar-based stuff in there than some of the other musical styles. So it needs a name change. Is that what you're saying? I guess Rock and Roll Hall of Fame sounds better than Music Hall of Fame, except for except from country or classical. By the way, I've been to the Country Music Hall of Fame. It's badass. And if you had a classical hall, uh, music Hall of Fame, um, I don't know. Would that work? Uh, well, you know, I'm not sure that's on my bucket list, but uh, I think that's the issue. They don't know what else to call the Hall of Fame, but the Rock and Roll, and, and it gets pretty broad. All right. I guess if they had like a classical music... Hall of Fame, they probably call it like the Classical Music Institute of Audio Sciences or something like that. But yeah, uh, something way more intellectual than probably we would want to be attending. Yeah, yeah. I don't think beer would be the first thing on the menu there. Right, exactly. Well, you know, even with rock and roll, the criteria has changed over the years, right? In the early days of rock, it was all about the bands were big and there were singles. And then it changed with Sgt. Pepper to be more album driven. Um, and then really kind of mixed after that. So it's hard to take that and look at kind of music as one sphere. And music mm -hmm. now is very diversified, right? There's a lot of massive groups are rare nowadays, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. I mean, think of the last great artists um, that would come around, maybe Adele, Taylor Swift, and Bill, you're in the industry. Is there ever going to be another 10 times platinum album, do you think? 
I mean, there may, I mean, you never say never, but I mean, it's just that you just don't have these kind of records that are just mass uh, market. Like you have these big pop stars that are huge, like Drake or Justin Bieber, or Ariana Grande or The Weeknd. Um, but, you know, even that it's, you know, The Weeknd played at the Super Bowl. And I'm sure there were a ton of people going, who is The Weeknd? What is The Weeknd? But I thought it was Sunday or something like that. So, you know, it's just it's a different world, a different era. Things are more fragmented. And that's the um, that's the way it is. And the Rock Hall, they're going to have to deal with it, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. I just think it makes it harder and harder. And I think what we're also running into is, you know, there's always been rock and roll and pop have been kind of coexisted since the beginning of rock music in the 50s. But, you know, it seems like pop is more dominant now. There's not as many big rock and roll bands, right? All the people you mentioned wouldn't be considered rock and roll. Um, and there's just not as many big, pure rock and roll bands. And, you know, it takes 25 years from your first release that you can be nominated to be in the Rock Hall. And, you know, I try to think a lot about who's going to be big from the next, the last 10 years that will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And there's not a lot of great rock and roll artists that come to mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the genre has been kind of pretty light over the last probably 10 or 15 years. So uh, I don't even know what the hell they're going to do in 25 years. There's hardly any regret Van Fleet's like the only rock band. And I don't know, are they rock and roll hall of fame uh, worthy? I mean, they got a long way to go, right? Yeah. They're not in yet. I mean, the only other I can think of is maybe Cagey Elephant is someone that's had a lot of pop success, but also is kind of rock and roll both live and on their albums. But yeah, there's, there's not a lot of great that have mass pop appeal or last appeal, not necessarily pop around it. Um, and I think 25 years is a long time, right? I mean, the rock, you know, your influence in rock is pretty limited. Um, and 25 years is long. I mean, I think more 10 to 15 years is probably more realistic to try to say what was their influence. And then you got people voting that have least experienced by 25 years, maybe the people voting weren't even, you know, influenced by them because that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But I mean, I think over the last five years, streaming has just become so huge it's the majority, it's really the power of choice. You know, it used to be a situation where, you know, you'd hear things in the radio or on TV and everybody would get it, but like everybody now kind of gets to pick what they want. And genres are actually a lot less uh, meaningful than they used to be when you and I were growing up, Scotty, or even like 15 or 20 years ago. It's just like people just like the particular music. I mean, there's, there's of course, there is some genres, but it's not like it used to, it used to be. So um, that's kind of changed quite a bit. Yeah, well, obviously where you can have music with you all the time and more people are probably listening to music than ever before. But I don't know that, you know, there's artists that dominate overall because it is so diversified. Did you see that in the business, Billy, as, you know, you're working in the business? Did you see difference in signing and marketing groups in, in the business, knowing that it was such diversified, you couldn't have a 10 times platinum album? So that impact how you looked at bands? I mean, I don't know. I think you just try to make the best out of whatever it is. I mean, I don't think anybody um, tries to sign a band because they think it's going to sell 10 million units. It's that's just, that's really an anomaly and a unicorn. Um, but you look at things that, you know, you might think have the potential to be multi-platinum. So, um, but it's great when you do have one of those things because it just pays the bills for years, a couple years to come and then keeps paying dividends later on when it's cataloged. So um, everybody loves it. <clears throat> Well, and again, music is a young man's, young person's game, I guess, right? It's, you know, most people stop listening to new music when they turn 30. Um, so, you know, you can see where, why they, you know, put out music that is for those groups. No different than 
if you think about how the motion picture industry, a lot of their movies are not made for older people. They're made for people in their teens and 20s. Yeah, because those people get off their ass and go do stuff. The old people just sit at home and do crap. So why would you why, why would you try to design stuff for them, especially when you have to go to a movie theater and see the movie? I guess now you don't have to, but at the time you did. So you got to go where the consumer is, Scotty. No, that that's true. I just think it, it's, it'll be harder and harder to be stay, have a long staying power in music as as things happen. I mean, I don't know that we'll see bands, you know, like the Beatles and the Stones and Floyd that, you know, 50 years after they've broken up are still massively played and popular. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's talk about, aren't there a bunch of artists in the rock, or there's a lot of artists that aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that you think should probably be in there, or most people would just assume that they're in there? Yeah, I think there are, and I think that's one of the issues with the Hall. It's kind of like, how do they go about deciding who who's in the Hall of Fame, and why are certain bands in and others aren't? Um, and really, the criteria with with music is a lot different than other Hall of Fames, right? If you think of Hall of Fame, such as the Golf Hall of Fame, baseball, football, you know, you usually got metrics that you can compare. And, you know, even those sports have figured out how to compare across eras with, you know, different metrics like war, et cetera. Um, and with music, it's a lot harder, right? Because there is no criteria. You can't just pick, well, I sold the most singles during this time or most albums because it may be a short time and bands careers are oftentimes not very long. So there's no like set criteria, which is obviously one of the problems um, you have when trying to select who is the best and then who also who gets to vote. I mean, you and I would have different opinions um, about who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame than other people might. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So t- tell me who's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, don't, how, how does it all set up? Well, there's, there's a few different categories, right? And the one that's most popular are the performers, right? So performers, there's 330, I'll call individual slash groups that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And performers are 233 of them. Um, so really, a, a huge percentage are people that most people are familiar with, right? Um, and these are, you know, bands, solo artists that have musical excellence. So you excellent so you think of these as you know obviously you know the beatles the stones etc those are performers that are in the rock and roll hall of fame so that's 70 percent of the people in the rock and roll hall of fame are performers like i think like in baseball they have some announcers and umpires a couple other guys and things that had an impact on the on the sport so in i guess it's the same thing kind of with the rock hall right so is that is that what makes up the other 30 percent yeah, it's, it's split into uh, three other categories. One is early influencers, right? People that kind of influenced rock and roll prior to rock and roll being established in the 50s, right? So you think of, you know, these people, and that's about 33 people only, right? A 300 plus small percentage, but it's the Robert Johnsons, the Willie Dixons, Lead Belly, Woody Guthrie, Holland Wolf, Les Paul. Those people are all kind of early influencers that took place in the 30s, the 40s before rock and roll, but they had a great influence on rock and roll. So there is a special category in the Rock Hall of Fame for the early influences. So they're like the pioneers to the craft. Rock and roll may not have existed without these guys laying the groundwork, right? Yeah, I think that's that's a true statement, you know. Then there's also, they have this other category, which is a little less defined. It's called musical excellence. And there's 22 people that are, are in that. And I consider this kind of a, kind of a catch-all. But it seems like this could be expanded 
to include more people to expand over multiple bands. But these are performers and songwriters and producers who changed the course of musical history, right? They dedicated their lives to, you know, creating influential, important music. Um, and some of these people are like Ringo Starr's in there, Hal Blaine, uh, Little Walter, Glenn Johns, the producer, the E Street Band is in there. So that, but it's a real small category, and it seems like this is where you don't know where to stick them, and they're not worthy of some of the other categories. So you yeah. stick them into this category. Okay, that sounds reasonable. So uh, why are they always getting flack all the time? Uh, well, I mean, I think I think anytime when you have something called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you have something that people don't consider rock and roll, you know that that's going to get some flack, right? And and I don't want to disparage anyone that's in the rock. Hall of Fame. Um, they're in it for different reasons. There's a lot of political reasons um, people get in. When I say political, I don't, I mean like, you know, someone that's got a key voter, key influencer, um, really pushes for their artists to get in. And, and it mm -hmm. may be, you know, someone that they really loved or believe in. And they have, because they're powerful, they get to influence kind of the voting. Um, and then, you know, there is one last category, Billy, the Emmett Enagon uh, Award, um, named for the Atlantic Records pioneer, um, and, and he was key in establishing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But that yeah. honors songwriters, producers, DJs, record executives, journalists. So you kind of mentioned announcers in baseball. This is kind of a little bit of, of that also. Yeah, I mean, Armin Erdogan was like a, he's like a legendary dude in the music industry, especially at Warner Music. It's like they probably got a statue in, of him in front of the office when you walk in. He's a, he was a big dude. So and you um, wouldn't know most of these guys, right, Billy? In this category, like Leonard Chess is in there, Dick Clark, Barry Gordy, George Martin, Don Kirshner, you know, Carol King's the rock in as a songwriter. Yeah, Carol King's in as, uh, with her partner Golfin in there. So you would know most of those names. But again, they're kind of, it's, it's their own kind of category, which is well worthy. Those people are all worthy of being in the Rock Hall of Fame. They just were never really performers. So, so it all kind of makes sense. Seems like they got these cool categories. You brought up the political um, issues potentially. And, you know, that's probably maybe potentially the reason for a lot of the snubs and stuff like that. Like, especially if you look at the Rock Hall of Fame, it's like a lot of these hard rock artists that are pretty significant aren't in there. Like UFO, Iron Maiden, Kiss, Judas Priest, Motley Crue, um, or even great bands like Oasis, The Smiths, The Replacements. It's like, those guys aren't in there. And I just, I'm just like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I think this goes back to kind of how the voting's done and the criteria, right? I mean, I think when you think about it, and, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to the artists that are in, but sometimes, you know, you know, people want rock music musicians to be like either, you know, real artistic or, you know, have kind of, they really need to be geniuses versus popular in pop culture. And some of these bands you name, I mean, Kiss was the biggest band for the many years in the 70s, but the critics hated them, right? And some of these bands, the critics hated them because they just didn't think they were intellectual enough. And, and that's wrong, right? You got to... Okay, you know, I've, I've, I've heard Gene and Paul speak many times and, and in my mind, they're up there on the intellectual scale. Cut them some slack. No, no. I, well, they're the two of the greatest businessmen in the history of rock music. So <laughs> when I say intellectual, I meant intellectual in the music they produce oh, and, okay. and, and, and that kind of groundbreaking. And certainly they were great performers. So for Lick It Up, 
for lick it up like they're not getting credit for amazing lyrics for the song lick it up yeah intellectual lick it up. intellectual oh. critics don't like lick it up billy right they they want to hear something about torture or pain or something and maybe that doesn't go well um and so there's a bias i mean there there is long been Love a bias gun. Yeah. Gun rock and roll all night. Come on, man. <laughs> There's been a long bias in, in rock and roll by the critics against bands that become popular, but you know, are, are singing about what I'll say is the common person thing. Okay, and, so all these things. Who the hell's voting then? Who who's voting and putting these guys in here? Well, they do have a van, fan vote every year for the nominees, you know, which is really doesn't mean anything. I, I think you've done some research on it. Um I know, you know. I looked at the fan vote. It, it counts for like one tenth of a hundred percent is the way that it calculates out because they take the leading vote getter um, out of the fans and then they apply it to give it one tenth of a vote. So um, when you kind of crunch all the numbers and do the math, it's one tenth of a uh, of, hundred of percent. So one, one, one hundredth, or is that one, one thousand? I don't even know. It's, it's so insignificant. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. that's the issue, right? Because people have won the fan vote and then didn't get in the year that they won the fan vote. And and I'm okay with the, the winners not getting in that win the fan vote because I don't think it should be a fan vote thing. Cause, but, but I do think that part of it is, you know, there's not a lot of clarity. There's people that sit in a room and make a decision. Everyone that's elected to the Rock Hall of Fame gets a vote on the nominees. But again, it's like, how are the nominees selected too, right? So yeah. that goes a long way too. And I think ultimately, if you're sitting in the room, and by the way, do, do you get a vote on, on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Bill? I do not. I do not. Well, we need to get a gag nation petition going to get you a vote, because I think we could right some of these wrongs if you, you, you could get in there and set them straight on some of these issues. I don't know if I want to do that, because I think if I did it, they would just ignore me. So then I would feel bad because the gag nation listeners would have rallied their support for me and then I wouldn't be able to deliver. So. You know, just I'd rather prefer to them just listen to the podcast. So anyways, anyways, it seems to be a problem. I dude, I think it's a system. We need our own system. So can we set the record straight? Well, we can. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame voting process is more like a couple of guys, a couple of people sitting around a table. They get some information from some people than I would say a real objective source. I think we need objective criteria because we know better, right? Well, I think if you're going to have guys sitting around or people sitting around deciding, we're just as qualified to do it as anyone. Yeah, yeah. So we need to set up some uh, objective and uh, reliable data because nothing says rock and roll like objective measures and, and uh, data, right? Yeah, it's a little squishy, but sure, let's, let's go with that. Okay, dude. So let's put together some criteria to um, consider. I'm going to start. I think uh, – one thing they got to do is uh, impact, have an impact when they first come on the scene. Yep, I agree with that. Also, I think, you know, at some point in their career, they have to forge new creative ground. Yep, yep, for sure, for sure. Um, how about longevity and like a sustainable career? Like they just can't be around for a year and then disappear um, in that. Yeah, I think that's very important. I think you have to have some kind of length in, of, of a career. And I think, you know, again, not all encompassing, but you also have to have some commercial success. You can't just have an artist that sells 2,000 copies of something and you think is a genius because if 2,000 people are only listening to it, it doesn't mean it's, it's not a big enough influence. I hear you. I hear you. The thing that leads into that, too, is uh, 
um, influencing others and future generations? Like, do people go back like 30 or 40 years ago, like that band that they, they were solid, they were great. And you still hear their music uh, even today. I mean, I don't think every one of these things may exist with each particular um, band, but I think that's key criteria. And I think the, you've got to tick the box on most of those. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. You don't have to have all of them, but you have to, you have to have a good chunk or very strong in some of them to get there. Yep. Yep. So that's our own criteria here. So anyways, there are 16 nominees in the two for the 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm going to read them right now. Tina Turner, Jay-Z, LL Cool J, Iron Maiden, The Go-Go's, Kate Bush, New York Dolls, Carol King, Rage Against the Machine, Chaka Khan, Mary J. Blige, Dion Devo, The Foo Fighters, and Todd Rundgren. So how many of these guys are going to get inducted? What's the, what's the, what's the rule? Well, there, there is no set amount for number of people that can be inducted each year. It does seem like the last few years they've had quite a few. Um, but let's, let's just pick, say, we think about six will get inducted this year, which seems like a reasonable amount. Okay, six of 16. You know, and in theory, all these people are worthy of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that's going uh, to be tough. So um, let's talk about... Um, we're going to discuss who we think will get in and who we think won't get in. But first, we're going to tell you who we don't think will get in and shouldn't. So we aren't really going to talk about them. So we'll just kind of get that. And then the other artists that we feel like got a decent shot or should be in, we're going to talk more at length. So the ones that we think aren't going to get in are Mary J. Blige, the New York Dolls, Kate Bush, LL Cool J, Carol King, uh, Shaka Khan and Dion Warwick. Um, and then also doesn't mean they're not worthy on some level because they got nominated. Um, but some of them we're not picking because they just aren't rock and roll. Mary J. Blige is not rock and roll. Others don't deserve it. Or I don't think they're, or you don't think they're there, there. Um, Scotty, I mean, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think that's right. though. I mean, some of these just aren't rock. So I don't consider them in my book. Um, you know, the Dolls had great influence, but you know, they had two albums that didn't sell. Carol King is borderline for me. Um, she sold 13 million copies of Tapestry, and I, I, I think she might get in, but, I, you know, I'm going to leave her on my yeah. off list for this year. I wouldn't be surprised if she did, but uh, uh, on that one. The other one is I don't think he should be in because he doesn't have anything really to do rock and roll. It's LL Cool J, but he's like kind of a celebrity. People love him. He may get in. Um, the Dolls, like you had mentioned, they're, they're crap. They were influential. I won't say that. They're more of like a fashion show. Um Kate Bush, I mean, like she didn't have much of a career or much of an influence. She did have a couple of great records and some great songs, though. She was like paranoid. Of, I think she was like afraid to fly. So that kind of limited her ability to kind of get around. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, and if you, again, Kate Bush never really sold a lot in the U.S. And we're looking at this as kind of a U.S. thing because, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't get in the biggest band in Sweden, um, you know, or, or Australia. And um, I think Abba's in, though. Are they? Yeah. It's all uh, yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, who knows? One day they might be. But again, fans from foreign countries, a lot of these people sell music to other countries, but really it's focused on their influence in rock and roll. And rock and roll stemmed in America, right? We, we could say we're the originators of rock and roll. We have a few people listen to us in the UK. They may not agree 100%, but we're going to go with it. It's, we're based in, it's in Cleveland, Ohio. Till some guy visits Cleveland, Ohio from the UK. I'm going to say it's an American-based thing. How about that? 
<laughs> well, I'm going to say to, I mean, I'll, I'll put Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Buddy Holly, and Elvis, you know, all up to anyone else they hit in any other countries as the starters of rock and roll. And all my friends in the UK, I know you guys complain about the weather all the time. You're going to love your weather if you spend some time in Cleveland. So uh, <laughs> just, just live with it. So anyways, I think there are two artists that we think are guaranteed locks 100%. Um, what do you think, Scotty? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and it seems like, well, one should have been in a long time ago, and the other one is just new this year as a nominee. So the first one is Tina Turner, right? By so, the way, by the way, she won the fan vote. Yeah, and again, I think she – I'm 100% in agreement that she should be in. She's a legend. Um, she made a huge comeback as a solo. She's already in with Ike and Tina Turner, but as a solo artist, she was huge. Her comeback was huge. Uh, a big leader in the women's movement of kind of being out front. Um, she's kind of the queen of rock and roll. That's her subtitle. And from 83 to 93, she was a dominant figure in rock. The private dancer album was five times platinum. She has multiple other platinum albums. You know, the mo a movie about her life, what's love got to do with it. Um, she played, in, she was a played in front of 100,000, 180,000 fans in Brazil. That was the largest audience for an individual performer of all time. She had the highest grossing tour um, in all of rock music in the year 2000. And she played the acid queen in Tommy. She, Dude, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I'm glad you brought that up. But I knew you would bring that up. You're, you're on top of that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, I mean, and she's, you know, let, let's be realistic. She, she is a great live performer. And some of that goes into this, right? She's probably one of the most dynamic live performers uh, rock has seen, and certainly in women rock. So yep, she's a no-brainer. She should be in. She should have been in before. Proud Mary, keep on turning. So, okay, what else? Who's the other one that's guaranteed to be in? Well, the other one is uh, the Foo Fighters. So we talked about what rock bands have really come around in the last 20 years, and the Foo Fighters jump right to the top. Um, yeah. You know, they, they're the, probably the biggest rock and roll band in the country, probably even in the last 20 years. They play huge arenas. They headline all the festivals. Dave Grohl is kind of the face of what I'll call pure rock and roll. Women love him. Men want to be him. Um, you know, he plays with everyone. He just released a song with Mick Jagger. He's released songs with McCartney. He is like a good time guy. But, you know, their first seven albums went platinum. Um, again, so, and they play fun rock and roll. Now, again, maybe not intellectual rock and roll like some critics want, but, you know, put the foos right up there. And who could have thought of anyone that the drummer of Nirvana would step out and, and be a leader of the biggest rock band for 20 years. Other than Phil Collins, no drummers stepped up to be kind of the lead after they had a change in singers. Yeah, I would have never thought that. I, in fact, I got a little story about it. Back in 95, when I was interviewing with EMI, I asked the person interviewing me, I said, hey, what bands do you guys have coming out that you're excited about? And he says, he goes, the Foo Fighters, which I was thinking, like, that's a, that's a ridiculous name. And then he says, it's fronted by the drummer from Nirvana. And I was like, seems like a tough sell. I, I don't think the drummer was a creative genius behind Nirvana. But uh, I guess I kind of miss this one, man. You know what I mean? Well, you, you weren't alone. I didn't see anyone that said the drummer of Nirvana or the bass player of Nirvana are going to come out and lead a be the top rock and roll band for 20 years. Nobody saw it. But I guess someone did, I guess, at, at, at EMI. I still got the job, though. Yeah, well, that's good. We're, we're thankful for that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here talking with the Gag Nation. <laughs> and we just saw the Foo Fighters last week at the Vax Live concert. 
Oh, is, that man. Con- is that considered a concert? I'm just wondering. I mean, it felt like because we've got six live songs, six straight songs. It was because the Foo Fighters bring energy, right? So, I mean, I, I felt it was, you know, it was just great to see rock and roll and the energy it brings to a stadium. It was great to see the new SoFi Stadium. Uh, you know, it was great. Okay, so not to go off topic, um, but the SoFi Stadium, insane beautiful structure we've heard all the announcers during football games talk about this place is completely amazing um done so well um but you know what they spent five billion dollars on it but there's a certain area part of the stadium where they didn't really put the five billion dollars into and the announcers don't spend time in that area well yeah i mean they they got their own little booth but boy sitting in those those you know flimsy seats and and the the cup holders at the seats. I mean, the beers are going to be like eight ounces. I think you know, you're going to have to. You know what? They're maybe making them for those true. The other thing, the white claws or something that all the youngsters drink. Maybe that's what it is, Scotty. They're not really catering to the beer guy anymore. Well, maybe they're not selling sixteen or twenty-four ounce beers, but that's a major mistake because who wants to get up multiple times? That's a whole other thing. But yeah, also that- big problems with the restroom uh, for the gag nation out there. No shelf to put your drink on. They they join in with. Staples Center with no shelf, who's refused to put a shelf in there after, you know, they've been open for 22 years. Uh, SoFi's taken the same um, stance, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I can't even tell you. Well, and, and again, I don't know how you make that mistake, right? Even even when we mentioned it to our wives, they were all like, what? Where do you put your beer, right? And it's like, even they recognize that you got to have somewhere to put your drink when you go to the bathroom. I mean, it, it it's a major faux pas. I mean, and Billy, do you think this is as they build new stadiums? It, it's it's the end of the trough, which the bathroom trough is it over? I, don't, I think the draw. I think the trough is over. I don't think it's uh, it's going to happen. I think it's DOA. Um, if you want a good trough, you got to go to Wrigley Field, or you got to go to Wembley Stadium. I think they're the only remaining stadiums uh, that have troughs. And there might be some college stadiums out in the middle of nowhere, um, but in terms of like things that host like professional events. I think it's over, man. It, it, isn't the trough like, I mean, I'm just, again, we're sidebarring, but isn't it one of the greatest things you get in there? It's there. I mean, and it's a rite of passage because no, I don't know. I just, and you're probably a trough talker, right? Do you talk to people next year in the trough? I mean, just let me, you're a talker. On the first trip, maybe not, but the second trip, definitely in there. You know, it's like, it's a, it's an impressive uh, engineering piece, the trough. You know, you can get, you can get a maximized number of people in there, get people in and out and go at their own pace and uh, and all that stuff. I think we should bring the trough back. It's probably a sanitation issue is probably why they're getting rid of it. Um, well, it's, it's super efficient. We know that. And you know, so it is sad to see the trough go by the wayside because if anyone's been to concerts or ball games and you miss something because you're waiting in line in the bathroom, you know, the trough would alleviate those issues. But th- that could be a whole new episode on how to make an efficient, you know, concert-going experience. Well, the other thing is with the SoFi Stadium, the bathrooms that we went in, the same egress and uh, the entrance and the exit, which is going to be a nightmare at halftime at a football game, they they did not get that right. Um, but maybe if they're willing to spend another couple million, they could uh, maybe have another billion to get it up to $6 billion, they could probably fix that all. Well, you know, maybe what we need to do is not not focus on getting you on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but any major stadium is built. Maybe we can get you on the committees to represent, uh, you know, the beer drinking crowd. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. So anyways, we went, we went way off topic, my friend. So I'm going to talk about an artist that deserves to be in but won't be inducted, and that is the amazing 
Iron Maiden, Up the Irons. They meet all the criteria. Part of the first wave of British metal, um, longevity of career. They're still doing it. They're still releasing records. They're still touring. They're, they're selling out stadiums and arenas. Um, it's, it's insane of uh, their, their popularity. Um, they've been commercially successful. Um, and they're creative pioneers, especially when it comes to live staging and concept records and, and all that kind of stuff. But the Rock Hall, as I had mentioned earlier, has a terrible record when it comes to hard rock and metal. And then the other thing is with Maiden, they just don't play the game. So I don't think uh, they're going to get in this year. I hope they do, but uh, I, don't, uh, I don't see it happening. Well, you know, I, well, first of all, I'm not a huge Maiden fan. I've made that clear. And, and it's not that I, I dislike them. I just that, that they've never been in my – okay. Right. Um, but I agree 100% with you. They should be in. They represent rock and roll. They are rock and roll. Um, I think they have a chance to get in. I think the halls come around a little bit and getting in some of the, the, the harder rocking bands, because I think that offsets some of the soft entries they have in the rock. But I don't know, I, I probably leaning, they don't get in, but I think they have about a 30% chance. And, and I, and I agree a hundred percent they're worthy. The other one that I think might get in, but I'm not all in on um, is the Go-Go's. Um, you know, they only had three albums. The first one went platinum. The other ones didn't. Um, they did make the first number one album by an all-women band um, that wrote their own songs, but their career was short. It, yeah. it was, you know, to me, it was just too short. Um, and yes, women bands started up and they were gone, but, you know, they had precursors to that, you know, and, and you can't discount like a, the pretenders just because they weren't all women. Chrissy Hine was a leader in that space, and we even talked about Tina Turner. So, you know, I, I just I'm not all in on the Go Go's. I just don't think their career was long enough, even though they have written other songs for other artists that become popular later. Um, but I, I just I can't give them a vote right now. I, I I agree with you on that one. Their first record was great. Um, how they came up and how they made it all happen was an amazing story. Um, and kudos to them for that. But the second record was weak, and third one, like you know, it needed work as, as well. The longevity of the career just isn't there. They really stopped doing it after the first three or four years. Um, but that, I don't want to take anything away from that first record because that was a great record, um, and it was more than "Our Lips Are Sealed" and "We Got the Beat." They had some other really cool tracks on there. Um, that was that was it. So uh, they're not getting my vote. But um, another guy that wouldn't probably get my vote, but I think he's going to get in. And I'm pretty sure he's going to get in because he meets all the criteria, except why he doesn't get my vote is because he's not rock and roll. Um, and that's Jay-Z. He's a music mogul. He's a pioneer. Everything he touches uh, basically turns to gold. Um, and I guess he did do one rock and roll thing. He did that whole killer mashup record with uh, Lincoln Park. So maybe I can loosen up on my no rock and roll stance with him and put him in. But I think that he's just too popular and he's on the ballot. He's going to get in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know a lot about Jay-Z. I'm not a big fan, but you know, I don't know that one record with Lincoln Park gets you and Tony Bennett did some covers with some, you know, duets with some rock and rollers and I'm not voting for him to get in either. But the other one, you know, so the last one is someone I've been kind of petitioning for a while for is Todd Rundgren. I'm all in on Todd. Um, and I think he falls into this category where, you know, done so many different things it's hard to put him in a category he's trying to get in as a performer he's written great songs he's a great producer i don't know that a lot of people know that um, i saw him on his last tour and he put up you know during his songs like all these art artists and stuff he produced he's been yeah, with... tell the gag nation some of the records that he produced i think people will be kind of blown away 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, he, he did Baby Blue by Badfinger that everyone knows from Breaking Bad, um, if you didn't know before. That's pure pop bliss. We're an American band by Grand Funk. I mean, yeah, every I didn't know person, that. Every person listening to this knows that song, and it's a pure rock and roll a classic. I mean, it's awesome by Grand Funk. One of our favorite bands, Billy, the Psychedelic Furs. He did Forever Now, which Love My oh, Days On. Come on. I love that record. I love that um, record. My, my second favorite Furs record. XTC, Dear God. Um, he, he produced a Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, which went 14 times platinum. I thought um, Jim Steinman did all that stuff, or maybe he was the writer. He was yeah. the writer, but the producer of that record okay. was Todd. Um, yeah. But he also did Cheap Trick. He did both New York Dolls album, Bad Religion, The Tubes, Hall & Oates. So all over the map on type of artists, too. And, and I know he gets a bad rep sometimes because sometimes he got into beefs with like guys with an XTC and, you know, Badfinger and stuff. But, you know, at some point, you know, the producer's there to produce something that will sell, right, and, and kind of get it out there and, and kind of corral the artists. And, and again, Todd, Todd was in Utopia, which was kind of a, you know, a prog band yeah. after he was solo. He's just done so many things. I think it's a shame he's not in the in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I hope he gets in. This is his fourth time that he's been nominated. Fourth time to charm. He gets he gets uh, my vote. All right. Another band that gets my vote is the Lads from Akron, Ohio, and I think they should get in because Akron's like an hour away from uh, Cleveland, and that where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, and that's Devo. They had a major impact when they were on the then they came on the scene. They had a totally different sound. I mean, it was classic rock at the time, right? And these guys just, you know, you know, quirky electronic uh, music. Um, and they changed their uh, sound and their style, really, with, with every record. They were uh, pioneers in the music video space. Um, even before there was an outlet like MTV to play it, they were, they were doing those kind of things. And I think one of the things, Scotty, you and I were talking about this is that just – kind of a little bit of a change it wasn't really the changing of the guards but i'm going to use that phrase is that the rolling stones were on saturday night live and they did satisfaction i think did they do satisfaction they were on there i'm not sure if they did, they satisfaction. did it, but they were on saturday night live and then a week later devo comes on there and does the devo version of satisfaction which is i i'm sure that people are rolling over in their grave but i love it and i you know and now it's just like an inst it's an institution that song but at the time, it was just like, what the hell is this thing? And they were pioneers. And that's why I think they should get in. They had a good career, eight to 10 years, where I think they were super active. They still hold credibility. Uh, they do live shows now. They're hugely influent, uh, influential. They didn't have huge commercial success. They had a couple of decent hits. Um, but I think they were so influential, um, you got to put them in. So Devo, yes for me. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um... I was not a Devo fan. In fact, I was one of the people rolling over in their grave when I saw the video for Satisfaction on a little TV at Flip, Flipside Records in Chicago. Um, I was thinking, this isn't rock and roll. But I really come to appreciate, I know you and your brother Jimmy, big fans, and you turned me on to a lot of stuff from Devo. And I really come to appreciate him. And the other thing, the next band I'm going to mention is, you know, Rage Against the Machine, you know, you know who who's up for it. And they've had three original albums only, and they all went at least two times platinum. But I heard Tom Morello, the guitar player um, and Chicago Cub fan, talk about how he thought Devo was great, which is really weird to hear because you don't think they're in that wheelhouse. But he talked about how influential they were in changing the styles, kind of like you mentioned. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I've really come to really appreciate Devo over the years. But again, 
Rage is one of those that that's kind of borderline for me. I'm not sure they're big enough and, and long enough career, but you know, what do you think? I mean, I love Rage and I'm a fan. Uh, they stormed on the scene and they actually had some good commercial success, as you had mentioned, but I don't think they had the career longevity. It was kind of a, a, a small moment in time. Um, and they really never changed creatively. It was kind of the same thing, this politically charged rap, funk, metal sound. It was bitching, but it was the same, right? It never really changed much. And I think we need more time for them. Maybe years if the kids are digging it and they're there, then maybe I'll change my mind and say they were so influential, we got to put them in. But I just think that the length of, of their career was just too short. Um, and uh, I got to put a pause on them right now. Yeah, I, I think. Fame 2021. Let's recap who we think's going to get in. So first, the ones that Scotty and I both agree um, will definitely get in or and deserve to be in. That's the Foo Fighters, Tina Turner, and Todd Rundgren. Scotty? Yeah, I agree. All three of those should be in. Okay, so. Um, who we think will get in, but we don't agree. Jay-Z and the Go-Go's. Yep, I think we have some discrepancies there, but okay. Okay, and then the next one is, who sh- won't? And I think, and you kind of think, Maiden, Iron Maiden, and Devo. Yeah, I think they're both worthy at some point. I think Maiden may get in this year. And then you also mentioned you think maybe Carol King should, could uh, sneak in as well. Yeah, I think she has valid credentials to, to get in this year. So, you know, Bill, the other thing is, you know, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, really, with anything, you talk about the people that aren't in, right? We don't spend a lot of time on who got in, and we don't want to disparage any of those people that are in. But it seems like some bands, in, you know, just have a bias against them. Um, and I think, you know, having it just be a band or solo artist also limits a person's contributions to rock and roll. You know, I mentioned Todd Rundgren. I mean, he had plenty of hit singles as a solo artist. He was in multiple bands. He's been a producer, other things. And that, and that really isn't captured. Um, and people that have varied careers, um, you know, they want to put a band in and everyone in that band. And maybe that band is only part of that person's career. And so when I think about it, I think uh, people like even, you know, the Smiths, they're not in. But if you had the Smiths with Morrissey and, you know, Mars solo, Right. They should be in the bands they were in after um, are influential, too. And, you know, how can Johnny Mars not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Steve Winwood, again, another example. He's in with traffic. But, you know, um, you know, Spencer Davis group, Blind Faith. He had a lot of solo hits and other bands. Joe Walsh, which is in who was in multiple bands. Right. He's Mm -hmm. in with the Eagles, but not as a solo artist, not as with the James game. Um, so anyways, I think there's just there's some bias there when you're talking about it just has to be the band. And I, I thought about it like think about Joy Division and um, if they were if they were there with New Order and New Order never changed their name from Joy Division after Ian Curtis died, they would probably be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Very influential and very commercial, right? But because I don't know they about changed com- their Yeah, they had some commercial success. But yeah, I hear hear what you're saying. That's like Van Halen. They're in, and they're in with David Lee Roth and um, and Sammy, right? And the ACDC, right? Right. The ACDC's in with two lead singers, and rightfully so. But again, because they didn't change their name, it seemed easy for them. And, and again, all worthy to do it. But like New Order, if they had stayed Joy Division and had the, the influence of Joy Division and the commercial sets of New Order, 
they would be in. So I, I just think the hall has to look at a person's whole career and say, we're not going to let every band in that they were in, but let's just say Steve Winwood is an individual artist and a contributor of music should be in the rock and roll hall of fame and Joe Walsh, et cetera. So, you know, that, that's just my opinion, but there's some big misses in the hall of fame. And we talked about some of them, you know, Tina Turner, Todd, Iron Maiden, but you know, Think of these other bands that aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Billy. The Pixies, Pat Benatar, Soundgarden, mm -hmm. The Smiths, Bad Company, Warren Zevant, and Lizzie, The Black Crows, Motorhead, Judas Priest, Jethro Tull. No way. Monkeys, the Monkeys aren't in there. And believe me, you can make fun of them, but they had lots of hits and were very popular. Billy Idol, Joe Cocker, for as legendary as he is, he's not in the Hall of Fame. The Faces. Come on, they're one of the greatest yeah. rock and roll bands in my mind. They're not in the rock and roll thing. I could go on and on, but I mean, these are the things that are just, you know, they got to figure out how to right some of these wrongs. And I don't know if it's political or what, but we, we they have to resolve these. I think I'm 90% in on your on your uh, your picks there. A couple, I don't know, but uh, I, I get the point. I get the point. I think you're totally onto something. Um, there, I think, uh, you know, there's just been a number of real snubs um, over the years. Um so anyways, let me ask you this, though. What about your own choices? If you had a magic card or like the presidential pardon and you get three choices, um, who are they? You know, I, I would really have to think about that, right? Because I want to pick. You can't come on here and start bitching about stuff and then not have an opinion. Jeez. Well, no, I mean, all these are worthy, but you're only giving me three now. And so I really need to think about because. I have personal bias of my bands that I love, but they not they may not be worthy, right? You gotta when you're you're making the selection, you gotta think: Are they worthy of, of that? You know, we compared the artists today only against the 16 that are up this year. But you know, when you think about it, like you know, to me, like Jethro Tull not nominated, you know, Bad Company. How could Bad Company? I mean, they they were a dominant, you know, band for a long time. I got to think about who my three are, though. You're, you're yeah, you take Paul Rogers' you know. solo stuff and you put it in there, too. It's right. Like, uh, this guy. Yeah. Right. Paul all Rogers these guys. Is, Paul Rogers is probably one of the most respected rock voices of all time by the music industry artists, and he's not in. I mean, how how, how is that possible? Because he's from, he's from uh, England. That's why. Well, there's lots of bands from England and all, <laughs> all Billy, just FYI. <laughs> but I'll think about my top three choices. Why? Do you have any choices that pop out for you? Uh, I think. I mean, I think there's a number of them. I, I, I again, I wasn't ranting and raving about it like like you were, so I don't have to have a strong opinion. I can take the I can take the high road and say a lot of guys deserve to be in. <laughs> well, think of your three for the next episode after we find out. Okay, yeah, that's what we got to do. Not. It's like like I kind of called Scotty out on it, Gag Nation. Let's let's do an episode on it. We'll do a follow up episode and uh, and that I think that's what we'll do, right? Well, yeah, and I'd like to hear from the Gag Nation who they think you know should be in yeah. the Rocker Hall of Fame. That'll be right? more interesting because we always just babble, you and I, babble over drinks and and that kind of stuff. We'd like to hear from the Gag Nation. You guys give us our opinion, and we'll we'll work it into the episode. Yeah, I would love to hear who people think should be in because I don't think I, I don't know how much support you're going to get for the monkeys. Um, I think you're going to get limited support on Billy Idol, just so you know. Um, uh, other ones, well, you know, pretty, whatever, I don't know about the Pixies. I don't know, I don't know about the Pixies. I mean, they were good. I don't know. 
maybe. Influence. But, you know, there's also, you know, others, Bailey, you know, Weezer, Super Tramp, Jay Giles, Blue Oyster Cult. I mean, there's a lot of bands. Boston. You may not like them, but again, when you think of the criteria, you got to think about what it all means and, and, their, and their impact in that era that they were in, right? That's Is Journey in? Is Journey, Journey in? Journey got in a couple years ago. Yep. With, with the Filipino guy? No, just Steve Perry. Just Steve Perry. He's the only one. How come he didn't get it? He's been like the lead singer for like 15 years. Well, I know, but they produce no new music or anything. They're just, he's just a boring guy. <laughs> they're like, that they're... That's like a cover band, Billy. That's like a cover band. <laughs> they're playing Come stadiums. On. They play stadiums. They played Wrigley Field, man. They headlined Wrigley Field for the Filipino guy. Well, and that shows you the power of Journey and why they probably should have been in, because obviously they had a huge following, but I can't. You can't no, put the, he, the lead when he came in. back when he when he started fronting the band they went to another level dude yeah they produced nothing new that sold anything that was anything they go to these concerts to hear the Steve Perry Journey type era hits come on okay I think that they I think I think they put out a record with it. the guy's name is um I, I I should I'm probably disrespecting you I'm sorry he's actually um I forget his name anyways I think they did a record with him and stuff like that so. I don't know. And did it sell more than 100,000 copies? Come on. I don't know. They might have been doing those ticket bundles and stuff for the shows. They might, they might have. <laughs> does that count? Because <laughs> yeah, I, I have CDs stacked up on my shelf of stuff I got free from ticket bundles. <laughs> it it doesn't mean anything. It, okay. I, I kind of went off the rails dude, the, um, on this thing. So, okay. So, we're going to do something. We're going to do something around that. So, anyways, Gag Nation, give us your thoughts. This Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. Is a wild card. It's actually, I've been to it. Me and my brother Jimmy went. It was awesome. We did not spend enough time there. So it's pretty cool. We're just kind of being a little critical of the, um, uh, the, the induction uh, process. But let us know what your particular thoughts are. And uh, yeah, because we're going we're gonna to cover off on it. Right, Scotty? We will. And can I just plug a couple things? One yep. is, Billy, the greatest Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with all the bands together has to be when Prince's guitar solo during Why My Guitar Gently Weeps during the George Harrison introduction. If you haven't seen it, YouTube yeah. it. It's so good. When you get people like Tom Petty and Danny Harrison and the rest of the band, Jeff Lynn, all looking at Prince when he's soloing on that, and you can just see their amazement at what a guitar player was. To me, that's the highlight of all the introduction yeah. ceremonies. I know you've been to a couple personally, yeah. Um, yeah. but to me, that's the greatest moment Um of getting everyone on stage. That was pretty amazing. So that's it, Gag Nation. Let's wrap up this episode on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees of 2021. We told you who was nominated, who we think will be inducted, and who won't be, and how the process works. We came up with our own criteria to determine if an artist or band should be inducted. So we need to see what the Rock Hall selects for this year's inductees, and let's see how our prediction stands. I'm sure they're going to give us lots to talk about. And if you have an opinion, let us know. On our next episode, we'll discuss the results and dig into some of the snubs of the past. Also, we have a great playlist attached to this episode, so check it out. And Gag Nation, thanks for listening and for your feedback. We know you have lots of choices of what to do with your spare time, and we appreciate you listening. We'll try and continue to bring you more interesting stories, more facts, and more nostalgia. So thanks again for listening. Peace. I'm out.